Constructive Voices, the podcast for the construction people with news, views and expert interviews. Hi and welcome to Constructive Voices. I'm Steve Randall and if you're a regular listener, you'll know there are several pillars that hold up what we do here, including sustainability, technology, well-being, architecture. And one of the things that combines all of these is the love we all have for our heritage buildings. Wherever you are in the world, there are amazing buildings that have stood for generations, often hundreds of years. They shape the landscape and make us feel good. And in this episode, Pete the Builder, Peter Finn, shares his experience working on these incredible pieces of history that are also a key part of our present, and if we look after them, our future. You have to really have a labour of love when you're, when you're working on these type of buildings, and you have to have a, an eye to be able to blend the old with the new in, in as seamless a way as you possibly can. And it takes skill and it takes the right people to do it. Constructive Voices media partner in Ireland and the United Kingdom is Construction Industry News. Since 2002, Construction Industry News has been focused on the very latest projects and developments within the UK and Ireland. Hey Pete, as much as you enjoy working on a new build, you have a huge love for heritage buildings, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you you hit the nail on the head there with love because when it comes to conservation or heritage or historical works, there has to be a whole lot of love involved or um, there's no point in getting involved. I think what, what what where all this stems from is we we've all walked into one of those buildings and we've looked around and we've gone, OMG, look at the cornice details, look at all these amazing features in this house. You could never get this in a new build. And what happens to some people is they get a chemical reaction in their body that then says, buy this house. We love it. We want to live here. <laughs> and th- that's a fantastic moment. But I think what people fail to realize in sometimes is that they are uh, not just buying a home. They are entering into a labor of love and they basically have to look after these houses pretty much like a child. Um, and that's not just on an emotional level. Sometimes when you buy a listed building or a heritage building, you have to do it on a legal level as well. So um, conservation is a very, very interesting topic. And I also do think that uh, it's probably a topic that people don't fully understand. And sometimes people can end up in the middle of a conservation a project or a restoration project and then a lot of reality bites home um, about maybe the condition of the building and uh, the beautiful facade that they've seen and the beautiful details that they've fallen in love with are hiding some dark and deep secrets and those secrets get revealed as soon as a builder like me comes along so um yeah it's it's a really interesting project i have to say i get a fantastic sense of achievement out of working on on old historic buildings and restoring them back to their former glory basically um but to do that is not you don't use standard building construction technologies you don't use standard building materials and you need to understand that and you need to approach all of these projects with a completely different mindset than the let's get the materials on site and let's get it built as quick as we can type of mentality, which you do re- you do need to have to make money on new build or development sites. So it's a whole different world. Yeah, because I mean, for one, if you're doing a new build, you're creating something new. And for many people, that's going to be the big thing, isn't it? It's like, wow, I want to be creating something that's going to be around for a, uh, you know, a long time and that people are going to enjoy something that they've never seen before. Would you say that for you, it's kind of that, historical stuff of you know we're we're looking after this 
building that's been created by our ancestors and we're, we're breathing new life into it that is more exciting for you? Or do you like both? That's the perfect mix is if you can get a building that looks like it did when it was originally built, but it also has the new features of modern life. But look, there's an, it's, it's like taking a step back in time going into one of those historic buildings. And we all sense that you can nearly picture the people walking around the rooms and you can you always say to yourself, oh, I wonder what secrets the walls could tell us, you know, if they could speak. So I suppose that's the the enchantment and that's what gets people hooked uh, in into those kind of projects. But, you know, with with that enchantment brings big challenges and um, it can it can like, let's be honest, it can be can be very expensive so you know your purchase price of a property is only the starting base and you know sometimes you can't see what the problems are something might look very uh, stable and very beautiful from the outside or the inside it's only when you get up into the attics or if you start doing some alteration works to the buildings that then the skeletons literally fall out of the closet you know so we've had a few very interesting projects over the years where um, we've had to adapt on the design team and the client uh, and myself as a builder have had to really work hard together to try and manage costs and also respect and be sympathetic to the building um, and achieve the end goal, which is obviously restoring a fantastic building back to its former glory. Now, you, you used the uh, the phrase, skeletons literally falling out of the closet. I, I've got a... I've got to pick up on that, haven't I? Because literally would would suggest you've actually had that. (laughs) Are you telling me you've actually had skeletons fall out when you're doing a conservation project? I, I think that the falling out of the closet one uh, comes from some uh, some children's tales, but it's you know the first thing that that you've got to look at in a conservation project is the history of the site. So, like we've done a lot of work on government buildings on. Trinity College Dublin, a, a lot of other buildings that would have had different functions than what they have now back when they were built. So, you know, you could quite literally have parked your van on the site of an old burial ground. And you don't know that because until you put your x-ray goggles on or you dig down the ground, you're not going to see what's down there. You, you, you have to make sure that you find out as much knowledge as you possibly can. And then you, normally this would be done by the design team, by the conservation architect involved and the engineers involved. They would they would have researched the history of the ground and they would have had those ideas in their head of what the former use of the areas was. It doesn't always happen. And sometimes that can you know, cause awkward moments. Because if you if you dig down and suddenly you start coming across a burial ground, you literally have to stop the project because then, you know, some archaeologists may have to get involved. It depends on the conservation grade of the location and the project. So there's there's a lot of other elements to come along. So the worst thing that you've got to actually find is a literal skeleton in, in the closet because it means everything has to stop and you have to rethink what you're doing. But look, I suppose it's like any project, the more prepared you are going into it and the more you have your eyes open going into the into the uh, the project itself, the more that you know, or the more likely you are to to uh, prevent some real problems from popping out from from behind the the, the walls, you know. So, um, like that's really it. It's really just about being aware and being conscious that there's other people. You're walking in other people's footsteps from many, many years ago. Yeah, I guess it all comes down to respect, doesn't it? Ultimately, respect for the building, obviously, but also respect for those who built it those who have looked after it up to this point and for generations ahead who 
who want to have their history pre- preserved and be able to enjoy these wonderful buildings for many, many years to come. 100%. And I suppose a lot of these buildings are also, some of them are national treasures, some of them are uh, public monuments that you know the general public come and see and like, we we have one extremely interesting project in in trinity college in dublin and i'm sure everybody's heard of the book of kells ireland's biggest national treasure and um it's it's the oldest uh christian scripture in existence in the world it gets displayed in the treasury room which is in the old library in the front square of trinity college so it's a huge tourist attraction for Ireland um, and for Trinity College so it obviously generates an income from that and we were uh, given the project of creating a protection bubble around the Book of Kells. Obviously again everybody would have heard of the the disaster that happened in Notre Dame where you know such an amazing building got literally destroyed and that actually happened during a building project they you know again they haven't fully pinpointed how it happened but there are, are theories that it was an electrical uh, fault that started the, the 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 issue so i think what's happened then since that project is that every institution that houses these um artifacts has become their senses are now their senses are now heightened to the fact that there's dangers lurking that they need to be uh, conscious of so we got the job then to build this protection bubble fire protection and they also took the opportunity to protect the book itself environmentally. Um, so we, we created a box that houses the, 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 the book and it's got humidity sensors in it, sensors in it, it got light sensors in it, it controls the air, it controls everything in around the box and it also has a security feature in it as well. So um, it was a very exciting project to be involved in and an honour to be involved in it, but it came with massive challenges and the challenges that we faced there was, obviously we were working in a live college to start off with, we were working in a building which um, was a tourist attraction and we had to carry out those works while the old library itself was was kept uh, open as a tourist attraction and I know this all sounds very Harry Potter like but uh, that's actually good because <laughs> Harry Potter sections of Harry Potter films were filmed in this building you know you'll probably recognize wow. it from from your Harry Potter books and movies so yeah it was a really exciting project but they're the type of things that uh, you have to really be conscious of like the management that went into um, making sure that we created a safe secure environment and got the job done on a set price. It, it, it was it was really tricky, um, and a, it was a, a really challenging uh, project to be involved in. But I mean, like, w- w- what a what a what an item to have on your CV, and what a pleasure to be uh, given the task of of protecting Ireland's greatest treasure. Yeah, as you say, an absolute honour. And when you're selecting materials for doing any sort of conservation restoration work. I, obviously, you've got some challenges there because you've got the whole thing of not wanting to use something that looks ridiculous because it's too modern for the building you're working on. But also, there's the availability and the cost. Yeah, and then throw in on top of that then as well, like your local authority conservation officer or heritage officer will be keeping an eye on you as well and making sure that the that the materials that you use are, are sympathetic and are on their list. So some materials... Are simply outlawed and are not allowed. You're not allowed to use them on on heritage buildings. So, you know there is a lot of a lot of thought that has to go into it. And you're dead right. Like materials can cause a huge amount of stress because, you know, you've got to to make sure that 
they're available, that they're suitable to do what you need them to do. You're normally trying to match in with other materials that are already there. They have to be compatible with the other materials that are there. When these works are being done, there's obviously a few new features that are being put in to bring the building more up to date and, and modernize it slightly without affecting the uh, the overall integrity of the building. So there's, a, there's a, a lot to keep in mind. And I suppose, again, preparation is key. Specialist contractors as well. Like, I mean, you can't just get any guy, you know, off the street to come in and start working on these these homes like people need to have experience they need to be certified in in what they do if you're going to be using any chemicals even for like washing down the fronts of these buildings you can only use a certain type of chemicals that actually do more harm than good so there's a, a lot that goes into all of this type of work and you really do need to be you know on top of your game and and watch it because what could be a small error in judgment in terms of a material used uh, could create a long-term negative effect to what is what is literally an irreplaceable um, part of a building, you know. So a lot of sensitivity has to be used. So you need to have a sensitive hand and a sensitive approach to make these buildings um, stay in 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 their in their current condition. It's like anything beautiful that they always come with a caveat. All of those beautiful little commodities out there, there's always a little caveat that keeps you on your toes, you know. You just the, the more aware you are of of these things, that the more likely you are to have a successful project. Yeah, I would definitely. But I mean, be honest with us, Pete. Do you ever go into a heritage building and you look at not necessarily the whole building, and I don't want you to name names, but you look at a particular feature and you think they've done a good job overall in this building, but that bit is shocking. That's a real shock. I would have done that differently. Definitely won't name names, but absolutely that does happen. And I think, you know, it's definitely one of those times when something is either done well and looks really well or it looks literally like a dog's dinner. It can look so bad. <laughs> so, you know, there was periods of time when we weren't as conscious as we are now of those old buildings. Like there was, you know, during the 60s, 70s and 80s, like there was building, like some heritage buildings and some conservation buildings being literally torn down, torn down for shopping centres and for stuff like that. Then I suppose... You know, people who had that kind of consciousness started getting a bit more, you know, authority and a bit more power. And then there was a bit of manners were put on on that type of stuff from happening. And obviously, every country is different. Like in some other countries, they were very conscious of this right all the way along. But I think, you know, in, in, in the UK and in Ireland, we've been guilty during those periods of time of maybe progress took a little bit of uh, priority over um, conservation. So th- that has definitely gone swung in the opposite direction now. Um, and uh you know, you just you just have to be, you have to really have a labour of love when you're when you're working on these type of buildings, and you have to have a, an eye to be able to blend the old with the new in in as seamless a way as you possibly can. And it takes skill, and it takes the right people to do it. It's not a, a, the type of construction where you can get a load of lads in on price and and push them and make them force them to get a job done, but in a set period of time you're literally setting yourself up for a massive fall if you do that. So I think you have to um, a- approach it with, you know, time management and you have to allow, because some, some of the work is, is, is more like, it's more like an artist doing their work than it is a, a tradesperson doing their work. Um, and I know, especially the cornice guys, you know, you'd nearly think they're more artist, artistic type people than they would be guys, you know, that you would see on a building site. So it's a different type of mentality. It's a different type of, of approach um but again once you set your principles in place and once you kind of get your good team around you 
you know, the rewards that you can get out of working on these on the, on these buildings and, and and not only buildings like we like we done an amazing project there as well, also in Trinity College where we we uh, lifted the cobbles, the old Dublin cobbles in the front square of Trinity College. And that, believe it or not, was because the Queen was coming to visit. So because we had the Queen coming oh. in 2011, um, Trinity College decided that they were going to make sure that the, the front square was looking its best and it was a job that needed to be done anyway. Her visit accelerated the whole thing and then we went in and basically sections of the front square, the cobbles were, were raised and we, we reset them and it was a very successful project. And again, it was great to see the Queen coming along and walking along the cobbles that we had laid, you know. So um, some well, yeah, they, they, always, they always say, don't they? The, the joke is that the Queen thinks that every building smells of fresh paint because that's all she yeah, ever that's right, yeah, she ever heard. That. <laughs> How does it work with take say a Victorian building and it's had some updated work, maybe in the eighties? Does that eighties work have to then be treated as part of the heritage? Can you? kind of say well can we can we take that back to how it was in victorian times or do you have to say no okay it's been updated more recently that then becomes part of what we have to conserve no you, it'd be very seldom that they say because this happened in the 80s now let's hold on to it it's kind of like a it's one of those things that the older you are the more respect you get you know um and again it's the type <laughs> of materials used as well like i mean if if there's you know materials that have been used that are just simply inconsistent with the building as it was it does really refer back to the date of, of the work being done so no you you, you would very seldom you know, work around work that was done from the like kind of sixties or seventies on. It's usually you would work you'd work back from there. But again, every project is different, and every uh, client's desires are different, and every local authority's principles are are slightly different. The overall general principles are the same, but sometimes some people um, or, or some officers can be a, a little bit more heavy on on certain aspects of it. You know, so it's it's just really every every project is different. Like, and every challenge is different on on these jobs as well. Like, we we re-roofed a uh, an old palladial mansion in in Wicklow, stunning, stunning uh, scenery, and uh, an amazing house. But our job was to basically re-roof uh, the whole building, and the building was kept alive, so people were still living in it and working in it. And we had to to set up a temporary roof above the existing roof. And of course, it had to be done during the autumn and winter times, which we also had a storm during. So you can imagine a temporary roof above uh, a heritage building during stormy weather was very, very interesting time. So every job has its own little challenges and every project brings a different aspects that, aspect that you've got to get around and you've got to work on. And I suppose that's the that's the magic of working on those old buildings. They keep you on your toes and they make sure that you're, you're, you you keep thinking creatively and um You've got to really think outside the box and you've got to refer back to, you know, how is this going to affect the fabric of the existing building? And are we are we actually adding a positive or a negative here? You know, so those those type of things are all 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 have to be taken into account. And how do you select projects to work on or do they select you? (laughs) Your ideal situation as a builder is to go around picking picking and choosing your jobs. But I don't think that day will ever come. And, you know, I suppose it's got to do with because we've we've worked on some of those highly sensitive jobs and we've successfully completed them. And, you know, all those buildings are still there to be seen and and are are looking in, in fairly good condition now. It does open up other projects to come your way so normally on on a on a on a highly sensitive conservation project it's usually only one well usually two or three contractors that are uh selected to tender for them some people will if 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 they have enough faith in you or 
you, you know, they've seen the work that you've done. They might actually get you to to be the only person that tenders to it. Um, and it was a negotiated contract, but that doesn't happen often, often in my opinion. <laughs> that should happen more often. But um, no, it's normally a tender process, but you're usually tendering against other companies that have got similar experience and therefore your price range, you know, is usually in around the same the same kind of uh, parameter. So, yeah, that, that's usually the way that it goes. So I suppose the more experience you have of doing these projects, the more opportunity you have of doing more of them is the best way to uh, the best way to put it, you know. You, you do have to be careful, though, um, from a construction point of view or from a business point of view. You know, sometimes your heart can tell you, I'd love to do that project. But in reality, you're looking at it going, look, it's right in the middle of the city centre. Deliveries are going to be an absolute disaster. You know, there's going to be so many different parameters working around you here that, that restrict your job or restrict your opportunity to work on the job that it might not be worth your while. So, you know, those things do come into play. Um, when you're, and obviously all of these difficulties create, cre- they create work to, to try and prevent them or, or to try and manage them, with obviously, which obviously then increases the price or the cost of these works. So that's, that's the, I suppose, the uh, bad thing or the negative from uh, a client's point of view or an institution's point of view, they they just they fully have to understand and realize that working on conservation projects is not cheap work. It's it, it really is work that needs to be done at a slower rate and needs more time and consideration. And unfortunately, that means more cost. Absolutely. Now, with so many things in construction and in life as well, technology is kind of playing a part in helping out a little. Is this something that's going to help with these? conservation projects you know being able to use mixed reality technology to kind of get a better grip on the job in hand any uh foresight that you can you can gain from any area that helps you understand your your project that you're you're entering into is definitely going to help you there's no doubt about it you can maybe simulate what's going to happen so yeah it's exciting times like all of these new technological advances like there's no doubt about it they 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 certainly help construction as a whole and then you, you can divide down into sectors where you know you can tweak and you can you can use this technology in bespoke ways to get results that you need on a bespoke job the, the, the thing that protects those buildings the most is air believe it or not the, the reason why they last for so long is that the air keeps on going through them and it keeps them well ventilated. And then what we have done in our current times is we've made air, buildings airtight. And where you get the, 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 the worst mix is when you get an old building and you make it airtight because you're actually smothering the building. So, you know, our, our new technologies have made us aware of the fact that we have to be careful how we add to an existing building. And we're getting better at it. We're getting much better at it. And we're, we're beginning to kind of le- learn from our mistakes as most humans do. And um, yeah, exciting times. Like we, we, we're, we're moving into, a, an, into an, an, a construction technology boom, in my opinion. And there's so many um, good initiatives coming out that are helping us in all different uh, aspects of construction. Long may it last is what I say. And let's get the word out there and let's start, let's start making construction a really positive industry. That's that's what I say. Let's do it, Steve. Me and you together. We're yeah. going to start this. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll 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 keep the we'll keep the air blowing, and hopefully it won't be hot air that we're blowing. We'll keep putting the uh, the case for these things, and hopefully people will people will love it. If they don't listen, well, they won't listen to me, but they might listen to you, Pete. That's the thing. I'll always listen to you, mate. Thank you very much. You say the nicest things. Cheers, Pete. Cheers, mate. Talk to you soon. 
And that's all for this episode of Constructive Voices. Please take a moment to share it with others who may find it interesting. Follow or subscribe to get the latest episodes automatically on your favourite podcast app and rate and review the podcast if you can. You can also listen to the latest episode by saying, Alexa, play Constructive Voices podcast. Here's Constructive Voices. Here's the latest episode. And on our website where there's lots more information too. That's constructive-voices.com. Don't forget the dash. Until next time, thanks for listening. You're really helping us build something. Mm -hmm.